Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salvations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson. I won't go by Shed Adamus this week. Maybe not for the next five weeks. We're not picking anything. Okay, I'm joking. We will be picking. We'll be talking some NFL playoffs here in the near future, but we know that's not why we come together here, and I hope all of you Shedheads had an incredible Christmas holiday season. I know we're getting ready to finish off. I'm I'm heartbroken. If you hear me break down during this podcast, you're probably going to hear me shed some tears because I just don't want 2020 to go. I don't know, am I the only person that doesn't want this incredible year that has just been so marvelous for everybody around the world to end? I hope by now you've understood and, and, and can follow that I can be sarcastic occasionally because I don't think any of us can get 2020 out of here as quickly as possible. And folks, we only have a few more days for that to happen. Now as we take a breath, I don't know how more pleasant 2021 is looking. I know in different parts of the world, USA, 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 we might have some light at the end of the tunnel. Now the question is, as great Americans, do we actually drive towards that light or do we put the car in neutral and try to turn it around on a three-point turn inside of a 12-foot zone? I don't know. And as most of you around, most of you shitheads around the world know, watching America, we have a way of doing things, well, how can we say this, uh, maybe the most not straight ahead, uh, non-distracted, um, but I guess that's what makes America exciting, I guess that's what makes, I guess the, the pleasantries of being able to, to live in this country and to be considered an American, some of, the, some of those pleasures are known for our, our fire at the hip, but there's certain times you fire at the hip, and there's certain times where I would not fire from the hip. But that's me. That's me. But I hope you guys had a great holiday season. I know I did. I, I've tried to keep the weight off. You know, I tried to keep in fighting shape. Uh, right now, I might be going three rounds instead of fifteen. But I'm, 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 I'm holding on. I'm keeping it together a little bit. I'm trying to stay mentally sane. But as we speak about this, we speak about hopefully having a great holiday and hopefully think about the, the, the pleasantries of the future and how 2021 is going to be our year. This is where we're kicking it off. This is where I'm going. Who cares about 2020? I am all in for 2021. Okay. Okay. I can, I can accept that. I can accept that. And I might even pat you on the back and say, great job, Skippy. Great job. But Unfortunately, and fortunately, we all make mistakes. All of us do. Yes, I know. Yes, even your Shed Adamas makes a few mistakes. Look, I only went 60-65% picks for the playoffs. I wasn't perfect. That still pays your, your mortgage, but still, I'm I'm not perfect. I don't none of us are perfect. And unfortunately, going into our 4020 uh, for this last outside the sheds of 2020, we're going to talk about that. That's that's 
two of the three big stories of the 4020 that I'm going to be addressing. It's about mistakes we've made and mistakes that we we will continue to make as human beings. But the first story, I don't even know where to go with this one. And I hate to even report it because I have to admit, I'm a fan of this player. In the standpoint, I like to watch him play. And when he's playing on top of his game, he's he can be magical. Now, the problem with this player is that his off-field indiscretions have sometimes overshadowed some of his good to great play on the on the field. And I'm talking about Mitchell Pierce. The captain for now, of the Newcastle Knights, ex-Sydney Rooster. And Mitchell Pierce, no matter how great of a rugby league player he is, has had some problems off the field. And like I said, we've all made mistakes. We've all had divorces. Okay, I haven't. But we've all had mistakes. We've all done things that we aren't proud of. And unfortunately for some professional athletes, those indiscretions are magnified because of the spotlight. And I think you've if you've heard good coaches talking to players and talking how just little things that you do will not stay just little things when the media gets a hold of it. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm, listen, I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing Outside the Sheds. I'm your host. I like the media. I know sometimes the media makes mistakes. But folks, if we did not have the media, there's no one who's going to ride up to our front step with a, a, a letter on a horse and say, special delivery, Pony Express. That Those days are over with. We need the media to keep us educated on news. And I'm sorry, if somebody looks at you and says fake news, they're covering something up. And I'm not saying that the news does not sometimes miss a beat, but it's funny how we've only heard people scream fake news, fake news for the last four years. Isn't it? There's a lot of things that we've only heard for the last four years. But anyway... So we need the news, we need the media, and these players have to understand that they cannot make the same mistakes as just you or your brother or your cousin or anybody else that you probably know can make. Because only you and your little social circle are going to be able to be the ones that are lambasted for that or, or, or taken to the coals or, 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 or held over the fire, whatever you want to say. And Mitchell Pierce got in trouble a few years ago for uh, an Australia Day indiscretion where he, <laughs> he kidnapped somebody's dog. And, uh, well, not many clothes were involved in this situation. And Mitchell had one too many. Uh, and let's try to keep it um, in New South Wales. Probably too many too, too many Tui extra dries that day. Uh, or, v, or VBs, maybe. Okay, one of those two. But he had too many. And he made a poor choice and still to this day was fined the largest find in NRL history at $125,000. And the NRL even comes out now and says that that might have been a little steep because Mitchell Pierce really didn't hurt anybody. Mitchell Pierce only made himself look foolish. 
Uh, Mitchell Pierce only gave that dog PTSD. But again, he didn't hurt his team. He may have hurt how people see his team if they put him down as a leader, but he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. So that was one of our first Mitchell Pierce off-field indiscretions. There was also the indiscretion he did by being a little aggressive as he approached a girl uh, at, at King's Cross uh, at a bar. And, and, well, things, you know, she didn't like it too much. And like I said, um, a woman has the right to say, leave me the hell alone. And guys, if they say that, leave. But anyway, no soapboxes for me. But this last occurrence... Mitchell Pierce was supposed to get married on Tuesday to his wife or fiance, to his fiance. I'm sorry, it wasn't his wife yet. That's what we're talking about it. To his fiance, Kristen Scott. And both of them had rave reviews about the other one, and everything was hunky dory, and everyone was excited, and they were going to get married at Byron Bay. And nowadays, poor, you know, a lot of people only knew about Byron Bay because of the great band Parkway Drive. But celebrities live there, uh, Thor lives there, Damon lives there, uh, you know, it is, a, it is the number one place if you want to have a destination wedding in Australia is Byron Bay, and Mitchell Pierce was going to have his wedding there. Until, I think it happened last Friday, just a few days before, some rumblings came out, and the rumblings were that Mitchell Pierce was involved in a sexting scandal with a Newcastle Knight employee, female employee. Well, not a good time for that to come out. And folks, I'm going to really divert here for a second, Shedheads, because I am not the biggest social media guy. I just am not. You guys have heard me say this through the podcast that I think it has its place I like to get some knowledge occasionally, and that is not knowledge from you saying that you're taking a bathroom break, but I like to get news occasionally, but it's not my number one platform to go through to get news because there's a lot of hate on Twitter, and people, how should I say them, keyboard jockeys, keyboard champions who never really have to face anybody, who can just punch out a little thing, and you can't ever grab them by the neck and shake them like a twig. Uh, it doesn't do anything for me. If I got a problem, I'm going to tell you. I'm not the type of guy who's going to just send a message through the World Wide Web uh, saying that somebody looks horrible in pink. Not going to do it. Don't care about it. And I'm to that point where I think, why would you care if I think that person looks horrible in pink? And I think that's some of the problems we have with our society and our world right now. That there's a lot of people that don't deserve to have a platform. You can speak your mind. You can have your belief. But what gives you the right to think that you have a platform to say whatever the hell you want to say? No matter, there's no consequences either. Here's the thing. If I don't give you shedheads good information, if I don't bring it every week with the energy that you guys know I'm going to bring it, if I don't give you great picks, if I don't give you great stories, guess what? You're not going to listen to the podcast. And I don't deserve to keep you guys as my shedheads, as my followers, as my listeners. But I'm going to give you something back.
But that is not what happens a lot of times on social media. It's the girl who looks the best in the bikini on Instagram. It's the, 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 you know, the keyboard jockey on Twitter that's just there to peck a fight. To peck a fight. It's those people. And I just can't see. When I first found out about Twitter, a young lady told me that I was kind of in a relationship with. And I, she was playing on her phone. And she said, I'm tweeting. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And she's like, well, I'm sending a tweet. I'm like, yeah, okay, but what is that? She goes, well, it's kind of like I'm letting people know what I'm doing. And I was like, well, why do they care what you're doing? I guess I care what you're doing, but why do they care? She goes, I, I don't know. It's just kind of telling you about my life. And I'm like, well, I don't really care about people knowing about my life too much. And that has been my, that was my entrance into Twitter. I just don't really... It does nothing for me, really. I follow a few people. That's about it. Now, definitely make sure you follow the Outside the Sheds pages. Don't, don't let me get you wrong, but I'm going to give you good quality content. But I'm just saying, besides that, I, I just don't have a place for it. So I just seen more people get into trouble from it than it bring them luxury. Uh, you know, things that make that they're proud of. And I'm sorry, Instagram models. You may look great in your bathing suits and bikinis and nothing wrong with that. More power to you. But is it really something you're going to look back 30 years from now and go, wow, I left a platform for the rest of my future? I don't know. Maybe it will be. Who knows? But I'm just saying. I, I just, it's just not my cup. It's not my bag. So we go back to Mitchell Pierce. And again, we go with a story where texting, tweeting, all of this type of stuff has caused problems. And he got caught. And now this woman that he said made him a better guy that added more to his life is maybe not going to be his wife. And that stinks. For Mitchell Pierce, it also stinks that this is out in the open where a guy over in America is talking about Mitchell Pierce's possible marriage. And... You have to understand that is the, the, the problem that you have if you're in the limelight like this. But let's let's break this down a little bit farther. Because now, rumblings out of Newcastle are that the Knights are going to strip Mitchell Pierce of his captaincy. Okay, that stinks. You know, you never want to be a, a captain that gets his captaincy removed unless you turn it in because you feel like you've only got a year or two left and you're thinking about the future of your team okay that's the only reason that a captaincy being turned over is a good thing that's number one number two and this might be the number one thing let's not forget Mitchell Pierce was on a one million dollar contract a season one million year season contract and that was not going to stay the case. Mitchell Pierce was going to have to take a pay cut to stay in Newcastle. And now there are rumblings from some of the big boys in the club that think that they need to move on from Mitchell Pierce. They think that Mitchell Pierce showing this level of not using his smarts, they don't think maybe that he can lead them to where they need to go. And this is a big year for Newcastle. Kalen Ponga is not getting younger and he's getting hurt more and more every year you just don't know 
You know, you can't think that, oh, next year's our year. Next year's our year. Because if you look at Penrith, look at Penrith right now. Penrith is going to be a good club this season coming up in 2021. But are they the favorites to win the the premiership, the championship? No, I don't think so. They lost some huge. They lost their captain, who went to the Tigers. James Tomo is gone. So you you can't think about next season or two seasons from now because it's only tomorrow. That's the only thing we have guaranteed. If we go to sleep and you go tonight, tomorrow is coming. That's it. That's it. So now he might not have a club for next year or he might not be definitely the captain but now there is friction inside the locker room Lachlan Fitzgibbon Fitzgibbon is a friend of the woman that Mitchell Pierce was in the sexting scandal with and he's upset and now they're saying the shed is being divided the locker room is being divided and you haven't even played the first game of the season This the, matter of fact these next six weeks are probably the hardest weeks of the season as the guys are getting ready to go into the season. The training that these coaches put these guys, these trainers put these players through is brutal. But it has to be to get them ready for the season. And so you're getting ready to go into camp on January 2nd, January 1st, January 3rd, and you already have a fractured clubhouse. You can't do it. You can't do it. So this is going to be a fascinating thing to watch because let's say the Knights say that we're done with you, Mitchell Pierce. Where does Mitchell Pierce go? And I know I've jumped ahead a little bit, but I'm just giving you things to think about. He's not 100% wanted back with the Roosters. And and like Benji Marshall's finding out right now, there are a lot of clubs right now that have pretty much their ideology and their mindset set of who they want and where they want them, especially in the halves. So that has you go, uh, where does Mitchell Pierce end up if he leaves Newcastle? Because there's also rumblings that Jake Clifford may come down there early and play in Newcastle. I don't know. I don't know, Shedheads, but I it, it was, when this story broke a few days ago, I, I was, I you know, a lot of these stories, when they break for me, it's 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was about ready to go to sleep. Let's not even talk about my sleep patterns. But when I read this, I was just, I, I was stunned. But I guess the only thing I can I can say to end this is I'm hoping for the best for Mitchell Pierce. I'm hoping for the best for his fiance, Kristen Scott. And I'm hoping for the best for Newcastle because these are huge decisions that all three of these parties are going to have to make about about where they're at and where their future holds and what their future holds, excuse me. So keep that on your radar, Shedheads. That's a huge story that, you know, we haven't even kicked off camp as hard as it's going to get. And we've already got rumblings of dissension up in Newcastle. My next story is about Brett Naden. And you heard me say a couple a couple episodes ago that, that somehow Brett Naden tested positive for cocaine and still played in the grand final for Penrith. Well, it's come out now that since the drug was an out-of-competition and a not-performance-enhancing drug, that Brett Naden's only going to get a month suspension or, yes, he's only going to get held down or held out for a month. Which, lo and behold, 
since we found out about it, and I can't believe it's been a month now, that means as of January 1st, Brett Naden is able to start practicing and, and playing with, with Penrith. And I, I, I just have a problem. I, I don't know if you guys have ever run into anybody or hung out, and, and who knows? Some of you guys have maybe even tried some of the Bolivian marching powder, the booger sugar. But I don't know how anyone could tell me that somebody isn't buzzing and flying through the walls that isn't on that stuff. Look at Tony Montana. My, my, he's the most known cocaine user that I've ever experienced. Okay, it was a little joke. Uh, shout out to Al Pacino and Scarface. But anyway, what I'm saying is people act like fools and maniacs on the booger sugar. So I don't know how you can say that Brett Dayton... Unless he, unless he was coming down from a good high, then he probably wasn't playing up to potential. But either way, um, it's kind of strange to me that he only got a month suspension for that. And it also is very fascinating to me that the NRL, trying to be what the NRL is, set themselves up to be seen as and blah, 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 that they didn't catch that and stand him down to even not be able to play in that game, but I guess that's just me hoping for too much and holding people accountable for their actions. My last story in the 4020, this this last couple of days of 2020, is looking ahead to 2022. Uh oh, I know, Shed Adamus, you said only you know the, the only day you can guarantee is tomorrow. Blah blah. I know, I know. Trust me, I don't like talking about stories about 2022 either. But this is a big story. And it it could, and the thing about the NRL is just because you're supposed to play at a club for a year doesn't mean that players haven't been able to force their way out of contracts and of clubs early and all of a sudden are putting on a different jumper way before anyone was expecting it. But this player we're talking about is Cam McGinnis. Cameron McGinnis, who might have been one of the only, I don't know, the only bright spots for the Red V last season. Because let me put it this way. We know uh, St. George didn't have anywhere close to the season uh, that loyal fan base has or had for their club. But, you know, it is what it is. And that guy that played week in and week out left it all out there, was Cameron McGinnis. Now, Mary is gone, their coach from last season, and Mary and McGinnis were tight. Tight. Matters of fact, so much so that Mary's last game that he coached for St. George, McGinnis gave him his jersey off his back because they won it. So I don't know how much loyalty Cameron McGinnis has for to St. George since the coach that he loved was asked to move on. But now rumblings have been talked and said and spoken that Cameron McGinnis is the number one conquest for the West Tigers for 2022. And you have to look at some backstories about this. Cameron McGinnis was coached by Madge, Michael McGuire, the Tigers coach now. So you look at the rosters then of the Tigers 
And they've got Jacob Little and Jake Simpkin, who are both going to battle out for the hooker dummy half position because Harry Grant has gone back to the storm. Now, I'll tell you right now, I feel bad for Jacob Little. I'm saying he's had two season-ending surgeries or, or injuries that have required surgery. And you just want the you want the young man to have a break, right? Because he's put the weight on. He learned a lot under Robbie Farah. And you just want him to get the fair shake that I think he beyond deserves to prove if he is the hooker of the future for the Tigers or not. But at the same time, how can you not want a player with the energy, the moxie, the fire, the incredible teeth of Cameron McInnes? And yes, he will never be in a commercial for uh, Cologne halfway around the world like a fellow ex-Tiger might have been and might be to this day. But you don't have to look like a model to be a hell of a rugby league player. And Cameron McGinnis is a hell of a rugby league player. So it is going to be fascinating to see if Madge continues to build this Tigers club in his light and in his likeness that he wants them to be. A tough-nosed, physical club. And the addition of James Talmo, who is now going to be the captain of the Tigers, you just wonder. You just wonder. And I, I'm going to go back and still say this. If they would have added James Talmo and somehow found a way to bring Cameron McInnes across, and like I said, we might not get McInnes uh, by any means in, in Tigers colors this season. But I'm sorry. With some of the additions that they have made, if Benji Marshall was still there, it really, it really makes you wonder what the Tigers could actually do this year. I know that might be wishful thinking for some, but I think that one of the things this is going to come down to, unless Gareth Widdop comes riding in there or let's say Mitchell Pierce gets kicked out of Newcastle and somehow the Tigers bring him down there. Um, but I will tell you, the haves uncertainty that the West Tigers have right now is the thing that will hold them back. And I consider that the, a halves pairing combination is like the New England Patriots are found out without having Tom Brady under center playing quarterback. It's that it's that important. You have to have a halves pairing that works well together, that knows their place. One's a runner, one's a passer. Pretty tough to have two runners of the ball, but you have to have a cohesion in your halves if you're going to have success. You have to. And when the Tigers are going into this season where you only know of Luke Brooks and you have no idea who his 5'8 is going to be, and don't forget Billy Walters is hurt, so he's not probably going to start the season healthy. He's got a torn ACL, so... I don't know what's going to happen in the halves, but this is a really interesting development and it'll be something fun to watch is Cam McKinnis and what, or if Madge can bring him to the Tigers. 
So that is my stories, my big three in the 40-20. And, and as we all know, these, these weeks around Christmas are a little quiet. Not as much excitement or buzz happening down under. Heck, you can finally, barely find any stories whatsoever going on except for talking about maybe a little bit of the upcoming season schedule in the AFL right now. It's very, very quiet over in the AFL side. And some people would probably say, good. Because the only news right now is bad news in a lot in a lot of circumstances. But that, we know this is all going to change in the next two to three weeks as camps start and unfortunately injuries start to, to, to mount as, as players start coming back and getting into the fitness shape that they probably most of them are, are close to being into right now. So that is my 40-20 for this week. And so let's go on. Let's, let's open the door. Let's walk out. Let's go outside the bubble. And we have got some, you know, just because right now the NRL and the AFL and the Super League are all taking a breath of, of, of fresh air in and filling the lungs full of some fresh oxygen and saying, <sighs> as they go into 2021, there are a lot of other sports that are firing out of the gate right now and, 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 and are trading haymakers. And I want to start off, and I know, Shedheads, you're going to go, Really? That's right. We are starting outside the bubble down in the A-T-L. That's right, Atlanta. And I know you're saying the Falcons, Shedadamas? Corey, really, the Falcons? No. Shedheads, no. We're not talking about the Falcons. We're not talking about the Braves. We're talking about your ATL Atlanta Hawks. Call! Call! That's right, the call of the prey bird that bounces the round ball. And we're going to start off with a man that's probably got the greatest hair in the NBA. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Bill Murray from Kingpin, but Trey Young. Trey Young has not seen a shot that he hasn't liked. He is that guy. He's like Evil Knievel. He sees a gigantic ditch and he wants to jump it. That's Trey Young. He sees a backboard, he sees a rim, he's shooting. And Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks have started the season 3-0. and And I know it's the first three games, but, but if you don't, right now in 2020, you got to be excited about something, so we're going to get excited about the Atlanta Hawks. It's been a long time since Dominique Wilkins was running around there in Atlanta, and, it, and you've deserved to have a winner down there. And right now, how the Eastern Conference is shaping up, where anybody can be, how should I say, successful if they play it right? Why not the Hawks? Trey Young has started this season. He scored 102 points in three games to start the season. Which, last time I checked, as, as I do my math, is 34 points a game average. That's incredible. But if you watch Trey Young play at Oklahoma, this guy was a straight baller, plain and simple. And a lot of people didn't know was his shooting going to transfer across to the NBA. But I think what we found out is Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Cartwright, these players aren't walking into locker rooms anymore. We all know that the NBA is a shooter's league now. The NBA is a scoring league. 
And it is a strange day if we talk about a defensive performance from an NBA team. It's not that the teams don't play defense, but in these GMs and owners' minds right now, offense puts butts in seats. Now, right now, there are no butts in seats, but we know that that scoring 130... I'm saying there's been now three games this season where teams have lost by 40 points or more. That's insane. That's like high school girl basketball blowouts. Insane. And these guys are getting paid a lot of money to get blown out. I'm saying I don't even know. I, I, I think the Heat should be called the Miami Smolder right now after the performance they put in last night. And I know Jimmy Buckets wasn't playing. Butler wasn't playing. But how do you lose by 40-plus points? I, anyway, I, I'm not going to go off on that tangent. But what I'm saying is it is a scorer's league. And if people aren't going to handcuff and put this guy down, Trey Young is an assassin. And he's going to get his points. Because there's, like I said, a shot that he doesn't think he can make. And it's going to be fun to watch the Atlanta Hawks. And I hope the Atlanta Hawks get more TV time, that more people can watch them. Because with their draft that they just had, they are going to be a fun, exciting team. And in about three years' time, we could be talking about the ATL on top of the East. Not just trying to make it into the 6th, 7th, or 8th spot or a play-in game. No, we're talking about the, the Atlanta Hawks winning the East in three years. And I'm calling my shot here. The Atlanta Hawks will win the NBA Eastern Conference within three years. Mark it down. As the great Charles Barkley said, would say, guarantee. That's right. But you're not getting $100,000 from me. I'm not putting that type of money up. So Charles can do that on his own. Now we're going to transition away from the fine-haired Trey Young to your Los Padres, the San Diego Super Padres, the fighting friars of the 619. The San Diego Padres now are the number two projected team by Vegas to win the World Series next year. And within the last week, they have made moves to say, we are here and we are coming for ULA. In the last week, they've added the Rays ace, Blake Snell, and we won't even talk about uh, game six last year, Blake, so you don't have to think about that, where, they, where you got pulled away too early. You Darvish... From the Cubs. And if Hugh Darvish ever pitches up to the potential that Hugh Darvish came into the league and that the the Rangers brought him into the league for, watch out. And Ha Song Kim, an infielder from Korea, who they say isn't as dynamic as Fernando Tatis Jr., but the guy hit 30 bombs last year in the Korean league. And if you watch the second baseman that played for the Padres this year, a good sound player, but he's not hitting 30 jacks. And again, we think about marketing. You know, an East, you know, a West Coast team like that, a lot closer to Korea. Let's start selling some jerseys, some hats over in Korea. It's a win-win. I'm saying if you look at it, the Padres 
I've now become the, how should I say this, a very popular team in the Asian market. Hugh Darvish and now Ha Song Kim from Korea. But the Padres, if you look at them now, with Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Eric Hosmer, as your, I don't know, two, three, and four batters in the lineup, the battery that you've got now, the Padres now have the pitching staff they did not have last year. Even though they a lot of people were pointing to this year in 2022. I know, Shed Adamas, only tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm saying is they're laying down foundation. This is not your mom and dad's Padres. This isn't your Tony Gwynn Padres. This is a Padres team that is well-rounded, has the pitching now to match the bats and the sticks. And I got to tell you, they are exciting and fun to watch. And a huge article came up today questioning if Major League Baseball's fans will ever return again after covid But I'm going to tell you who people will turn out for to watch. And that is the San Diego Super Padres. And I am really, really, really excited to watch this full Padre team take the field. And I cannot wait for that first matchup series between them and the Dodgers, their hated cousins of the North. That's going to be some fun baseball. And there's already disdain between the two teams. So I love a good, a good, a good game of hate. So let's bring it on. Let's get some, let's get some of that, that blue and brown and take, it, and take it out back. And let's throw down a little bit. So those are going to be some fun series. So congratulations to the San Diego Padres, who can now call themselves the San Diego Contending Padres. We go over again now after we do a little MLB talk and I just want to briefly touch on this incredible weekend that we're about ready to experience in the NFL. We, I, I don't know, I know we say this every year, but going into this weekend, there are so many clubs that have a chance to make the playoffs. And I think that's what the NFL and Roger Goodell had always wanted to point out, to make this last weekend something that people have to turn out for because there are going to be teams that aren't going to make it and there are going to be teams that make it by the hair this the hair on the chinny chin chin but just to let you know in the AFC Baltimore Cleveland Indy Indianapolis I almost just called him Indy and I don't know if you're going to know Indy if you're just south of Brisbane Indy Indianapolis Tennessee and Miami Four of those clubs are getting in. One of them are going to be hitting the golf course and drinking scotch hours after the game. Now, there's a lot of scenarios. If this team loses, this team's in. This team wins, this team loses. So, I'm not giving you everything. That's for you to do some of your research. My job is to pick the games for you occasionally. And we'll be starting that in a couple weeks here with the NFL. But... That is just the teams in the AFC. In the NFC, Chicago, Arizona, the LA Lambs, Rams, the New York Giants, the Washington football team, 
ex-Redskins, and the Dallas Cowboys all have a chance. And the last three, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas, only one of them are going. Two, two of those three clubs are not going to make it. That's drama, folks. Shedheads, that's drama. That is that is what a league wants. They want it to come down to... We got 12 teams that have a chance to make it to the playoffs. Right there. And that is fun. I'm saying that that's competition. You want to be able to, as a club, as a franchise, to be able to say, if we play our best game tomorrow, we play in the playoffs. So, it is going to be a great weekend. I wanted to just touch base on that. We will definitely get into some more detail about our playoff matchups next week. And don't forget, in the NFL this season, because of COVID, only the first the number one seeds get a first round bye. That is the Chiefs and that is the Packers are the only two teams that are going to get first round buys. So, that means a lot of teams are going to be jockeying for wins and positioning to see who they play in the first round. And I'm going to end outside the bubble talking about a club I don't usually talk about. Not one of my favorite clubs in sports. Not a huge fan of the Northeast. Even though I do like hitting people in the face with snowballs. The Boston Bruins. Okay. That's enough of me doing delayed gratification. The Boston Bruins have better be very, very thankful that the New England Patriots have been so bad this year. Because the Boston Bruins did not re-sign their captain, Sedano Chara. After 14 seasons, they did not re-sign him. And today, just hours before this podcast, Sedano Chara just signed a one-year deal to go to the Washington Capitals and play alongside Ovechkin. Let's just say Ovechkin. Ovi. The great eight. That is a huge pickup for the Capitals and a huge, huge loss for the Boston Bruins. Camp starts, NHL camp starts on Sunday. It will be fascinating to see how P.K. Subban plays now that he is now single and him and Lindsey Vaughn have now broken up. But we are about ready to get to some frozen pond. And that the Boston Bruins are not bringing their captain back. And what that guy will add to the room, into the sheds of the Washington Capitals, it's going to be big. But showing the class that Chara has, he's, he's already sent out a letter to the fans of Boston thanking them for 14 great seasons and how much they mean to him. But it is going to be strange to see Chara playing in another jersey besides the Boston Bruins. The Bees. So, uh, good luck to him there. We'll definitely be following him. But Shedheads, this is going to conclude our last Outside the Sheds podcast of 2020. I cannot believe 
really that this podcast that means the world to me is actually done with for the year. And then the next time I talk to you will be in 2021. Either way, do me a favor. Pour yourself your favorite beverage. Think about outside the sheds. Think about your shed Adamas with just a quick cheer, quick toast. It better not be rock gut too. It better be good. It better be something not top shelf, but I better nothing less than middle of the nothing less than middle of the road. But besides that, I hope you guys are safe. If you guys are pretty much bunkered up like most people are and should be, uh, there won't be tons of people on the roads on New Year's Eve. But just stay safe, shedheads, and have an incredible New Year's Eve. Have a great start to your New Year. New Year. I will see you next week. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm your Shed Adamus, your host, your master of ceremony, Corey Jackson. Can't wait till next week. Happy New Year. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 